day, planet Earth, Michael Litton, the last DJ host to ride the vibe, broadcasting from the wicked awesome, super cool DRS ATL studio right here in Roswell, Georgia. And it wouldn't be a ride the vibe without Waheed Gomes at the controls, making the magic happen, because I sure <laughs> couldn't do it and wouldn't know what, what to do. But And if you're looking for a great studio, if you're located uh, in this area, Waheed's got a great little boutique studio and does a fantastic job and also has a publishing business, Verde Music. So if you're looking for a way to make some money while you sleep on the publishing side, you want to hook up with Waheed. At any rate, I am super stoked to have Kevin Google on the show. And Kevin has always been a lover of all things blues with a touch of Southern rock and Texas twang all mixed together. Man, into a one tasty rock and roll stew. Love it. His self-proclaimed CD, Circle Back, was released in 2023. And his next CD, Lucky 13, will be released sometime this year. Uh, all of them handcrafted with his A-team, which we're going to talk about, session player, friends. And these uh, records are a testament to his influence from uh, Trower to Stevie Ray, Billy Gibbons, and uh, Dwayne Allman. So super stoked, Kevin, to have you on the show. Happy to be here. Welcome. You, you're uh, calling in from Marion, North Carolina. That is correct. Right up in that uh, Asheville uh, area, very hotbed of micro brews and such. Oh yeah, and beautiful country. Uh, wake it, up and look out and see the mountains. It is indeed. And you, uh, you moved from Iowa, so that, <laughs> those mountains are a big treat, aren't they? <laughs> yeah, it's different. There's there's no straight roads here. I found that out. <laughs> well, as a as a Harley rider, though, that's a good thing, right? Oh yeah, uh, yeah. I, I love it. Well, for your fans that are legion uh, and are growing and will continue to grow when they get a taste of this uh, great album, Circle Back, uh, but may not be familiar with Ride the Vibe, the way we roll the show is, I like to call it like an old-fashioned, you know, CD listening party format or, you know, at the 30,000-foot level, kind of a digital liner notes, you know, back in the day where we'd stack the albums on the the turntable and then we'd get the liner notes out and, and garner just a plethora of information, which, you know, unfortunately we're not getting anymore. But so we're going to play uh, six of, of your songs off the Circle Back CD. We're only going to do a couple minutes because uh, we want the listeners to go to kevinkugelband.com and uh, actually buy the CD so you can make some money. That would be great. Uh, yeah. <laughs> or they can... You know, do Spotify a zillion times and you make 10 cents or something like that. But um, so www.kevinkugelband.com. And then uh, we're going to, we encourage listeners to sit back with a beverage of their choice in a comfortable environment, whether getting uh, nice, maybe soon to be uh, on rafts and floats out on the water. And in the studio, we are featuring, uh, we are featuring a tasty uh Beverage made by Drinkmate, the Carbonate Anything drink maker, and they're out of uh, Michigan. And they've got, you know, they have a competitor, but their competitor does not uh, carbonate anything. So Drinkmate really, you know, does juices, teas, ciders, recarbonates sodas and beers, carbonates wines and spirits, directly carbonates cold drinks, no uh, need to dilute with soda, carbonates premixed drinks, if you're into that kind of thing. And um, really, is just amazing. We've been using it here for a while, and we love it. And uh, they're a, a nice, uh, you know, nice sponsor for us and very generous and, uh, again, very innovative with the way they deliver their products. So if you're looking for a way to, 
get yourself off those uh, toxic sugar sweetened beverages and looking for an alternative, you know, drink made, carbonate your carbonate up your water, your teas, et cetera. And then uh, also reduce your carbon footprint with, uh, you know, not having to recycle all that plastic. So we're excited about DrinkMate. And so, Mr. Kevin, you tell me about your connection with the amazing Michael Bear Claire, because that's how we got, we got introduced. Uh, okay. Well, a long time ago in a different life, I used to be a postmaster in Iowa. Ah. And uh, I started seeing some guitar-shaped items come through express mail and then this guy would call me up and say hey i see that's there can i come and get it yeah and i said well technically no but <laughs> you know because you know, i got people to deliver that's their job yeah and that's what service was paid for but that's different life yeah but uh i said you know what come on down because he said i gotta have this guitar right away yeah so you come down but the deal is I get to see what it is. Uh, he, he, we hadn't even met. But yeah. anyway, came down and he's getting these great guitars like a Merle Haggard oh, a Telecaster, yeah. a BB King, you know, Lucille. Yeah. And uh, the, the Black Strat from the guy in Pink Floyd. Oh my God. And I'm saying, what's going on, man? He goes, well, I'm a guitar player. And I said, well, I am too. Yeah. And I just, he's, he invited me to his house it just to, to meet. And, you know, we talked and I'm seeing all these CDs and things on the wall. It's like, you know these guys? Yeah. No, I work with them. <laughs> Whoa. Okay. And, you know, to fast forward, we had a little project going where I was in a uh, tribute act, ACDC. Yeah. And I dressed up like, you know, Angus or whatever. Yeah. He came out to see us and decided that, hey, I'm interested. And then he and I ended up tracking some stuff for that project, I was doing guitar solos with him to do music for our advertising and uh, promo. Yeah. And we just worked well together. And I told him, you know, I write songs. I got a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And he said, let's, let's do an album. I love it. All right. So we kind of got together on that and went fast forward. It was about, took us about five years to actually get it going just for timing. Right. And um, last January we sat down and started doing some demos and it just went from there. And it's just, it's crazy what happened between January and the release date in December, yeah. how much we got done. And, and done well. I mean, really special stuff. Thank you. Well, he, uh, he says you are a monster guitarist. So that's a, a high compliment wow. from a fellow guitarist. And I think it's only fitting that we queue up, if we could, Wahid, the first track off of the CD Circle Back, which you can get and go out and buy. Come on, y'all. Spend a couple bucks on some original music from Please. <laughs> Kevin KevinGoogleBand.com. But we're going to hear Only In My Dream. And we're only playing a couple minutes, y'all, because we want you to go out and buy it. And we'll be right back.
she knows what she's doing to me when she wants a walk. That's the title track off a of circle back, which you all are going to go out and buy. I know because, you you know, you've been cooped up for a couple of years without being able to see ma- music. And these poor musicians haven't been able to gig and they haven't, you know, been able to sell their CDs, et cetera, et cetera. So and uh, Kevin, you were talking. Uh, well, let's let's talk about your A team that you put together for this project with uh, Bear Claire, Michael Bear Claire. Well, it started out, I had um, a friend of mine, Chris Clunder, was doing some demos with me when we first started this project. And there was one song on there that we'll hear later that I told Bear, I said, man, I, I hear horns on this. Yeah. And he said, well, let me call Cody because he does uh, recording in Nashville. Yeah. And he might have some people. So we called Cody and we were talking about it. And Cody asked a few questions. Cody's a drummer. Yeah. He plays with the Jamie Johnson band. Mm-hmm. And um, it, it just, one thing led to another and he heard some of the demos and he's like, yeah, I'm interested. So he decided, you know, we got together on it and started working the track. So with the bass, Cody said, well, we need to get Mark on here. And it's Cody Lepo is the drummer and yeah. Mark Crum. Yeah. He also plays with Jamie Johnson. Mm. You know, they, those guys are great. Yeah. And they just got together with my stuff and started working it. And then there was a, talk of keyboards mm-hmm. yeah like let's get someone yeah and they had josh Schilling, and i think he plays with winona judd mm-hmm. and i mean it just it just kept going and going so, so all these guys all are, nashville cats but did the recording at bear's place in in iowa uh cody has a studio orally studios at his place okay and he and mark tracked their most of their stuff there i did have cody come up to bears yeah last may and i think we tracked drums for seven tunes wow. in that session yeah and the guy's fantastic he's yeah. a one take wonder oh I love it's amazing it. i love him. you know he's just into it yeah that is too cool and then and then uh bear's got his studio in iowa right just correct small. swag audio yeah. yeah and it's and it's and there's a connection there too because you know in my past life when i was that postal employee the town that his studio in Mount Auburn, Iowa, yeah, is where I had my first postmaster job. Oh no way! So yeah, it's just wow, that's weird. Do you miss your postmaster days? <laughs> Not a bit. <laughs> how about your nope. how about your days in Angus Khan? 
you, you know, I, I enjoyed I enjoyed the music. Yeah. And as I said, we just had different ideas. Yeah. I did meet uh, a fellow Angus dresser upper, I guess. <laughs> His name's, uh, I think it's uh, Jeremy Ashbrock. He plays guitar with Ace Freely. Okay. Yeah. And uh, apparently he had done an ACDC gig and he and I both agreed, you can have it. I don't like waking up with a headache the next day and I didn't even drink anything. <laughs> it's, it's a brutal gig. Yeah. I can only, can only imagine. Well, and I want to talk about, we've got, you have a mutual, uh, we've got a, kind of another common denominator and a guy named John Burke, but we're going to talk about him in a minute after we play uh, Believe in Me which is the okay. second track, I think, right? Off of Circle Back? That is true. Nice. Well, Wahid, if we could cue that up, because it's so great. the vibe with Michael Litton, the last DJ, just having a gas here talking to Kevin Kugel and playing tracks off a circle back. That was Believe in Me. And you wrote the lyrics, Kevin, in 95? Yeah, I did. That's crazy. And, and that's that's part of the reason of this album being called Circle Back. Every yeah. song on this album was written 20, 25 years ago or wow. more. Wow. I and love that it. particular one, like I said, the the lyrics were written for a different version of the song yeah. that had more of a Pink Floyd vibe with an Eric Clapton tone guitar solo on yeah. it. And I still have that demo yeah. from 95, and I'm probably going to record it again yeah. in that manner. But uh, I was in the studio with Cody Lepo, the drummer, yeah. and he's, like I said, one take wonder. He had everything done that I had planned. He's going, well, you got anything else? Yeah. I was like, uh, but sure. <laughs> so, you know, I said, you know, I wanted to shuffle on this album. Yeah. Just a blues, like an SRV type shuffle. Yeah. And I said, well, here's, here's kind of what I'm playing with. So that's the arrangement. 
And he's like, you got the lyrics? I said, well, not, yeah, I'll find some, you know. <laughs> and that's how that one came together. And uh, I really didn't know what I was going to play on it. Yeah. And I left some space on purpose because the original version didn't have any keys on it or uh, anything. Yeah. But I just felt I needed that. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I play in a cover band in Iowa called Redline. Okay. And I've done, I started that in 1982 and it's all my high school buddies yeah. and we're still at it. Yeah. Just, you know, random gigs here and there. But uh, we did uh, Stevie Ray's uh, Pride and Joy. Oh, love it. Yeah. So when it came time to do the solos for this, I just thought, you know what? I don't play Stevie's stuff. No, for no, nobody can. Yeah. And, uh, but I, I'm very comfortable with that, that vibe and that feel. Yep. So I thought, yeah, I'm just going to play the stuff that I play with Redline on this and see what it looks like. And, mm. Well, I think it worked. I love yeah. it. Yeah, absolutely works. And then who, the keyboard player, you mentioned him, I think it's top, top of the show. Josh. Josh, okay. Josh Schilling, yeah. Schilling. He, uh, you know, I reached out to him. Originally, I talked to uh, Paul Garon from the Choir Boys, yep. band out of England. And Keith Weir, their keyboard player, they were going to maybe dabble on this with me. But their schedule was just so wacky yeah. that they just didn't have time. And I was looking at the deadline. So we said, well, let's just see if Josh will do it. And I, don't, I never met Josh at the time. Yeah. And uh, we sent him the tracks. And he said, well, I got to get off the bus. He was on a tour. Mm -hmm. And uh, within a day and a half, he had that done. Wow. And I was like, this is crazy. Because yeah. my wife and I were actually going to a fiddle festival thing, you know, like a bluegrass thing out yeah, here. Yeah. And Bear sent me this track that he had done. So I plugged it in the car and listened to it. It's like, oh my God, I don't even know the guy. I didn't even <laughs> tell him what I wanted. And that's perfect. That's, that's it. exactly yeah, what I that's wanted. It. You know? Wow. Well, and, they're professionals, man. You've and you mentioned her twice now, so I gotta bring her up. But uh, your wife is a grade school sweetheart. Just <laughs> yeah, just give yeah. her a shout out to her. Just to just touch on that just a minute because it's such a great well, love story. Well, she and I, she and I uh, met in second grade. <laughs> I was the new kid, moved to town, and we lived out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, and I got on the bus, and that's where we ended up meeting. And we we stayed friends throughout high school. Yeah, and you know did a lot of stuff together. We never dated per se, but we we were always aware yeah. of each other. Yeah. And uh, she graduated high school at mid year or whatever, and moved out here right away. Well, I think she went to college first semester in Iowa, but yeah, moved out here, and then I went on the road with the band, and we just totally lost connection. Mm. I, you know, I didn't have any way of contacting her or anything. Yeah, and then yeah. about 30, 35 years later, she found me. Wow. And, uh, now, how'd she, how'd she find you, Kevin? Um, through the magic of the internet. Ah, yes, yes. And she knew that I played in a band called Redline. Ah, so she looked it up. Yeah. Oh, there's Kevin's number. I yeah. wonder if it's the same. <laughs> wow. Look at that. So, yeah, I mean, she, she reached out and it, it just worked out, you know. And, and, and offline, you were telling me, the story that she didn't she didn't think she'd like you during your days when you were <laughs> well we were different people and we still are <laughs> <Yeah>. obviously <laughs> but uh, she was just laughing she goes you know looking at those photographs of you I mean I used to wear the spandex and the long hair and you know the 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 wannabe hairband thing she goes I don't think I would have liked you back then <laughs> so it was good I mean, you had that break is, 
<laughs> yeah, but the thing is, I'm the same person on right, the inside right. now as I was back then. I just had a different appearance. Right, just different look. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> it's all cool. I love it's that. It's all cool. Well, I want to talk about, uh, so your formative years, wh- how'd you come to the guitar? How'd the guitar come to you? Well, actually, my mom and a neighbor from across the street, you know, in this early 70s, would sit every once in a while and just, you know, play acoustic guitars. Each of them had some cheap acoustic guitar, mm-hmm. which I still have that guitar. Oh, man. It's non-functional now, yeah, but yeah. I have it. But they, they just started playing. And then I had an older brother that kind of picked up on it. My younger brother, he started playing bass and stuff, but never really finished it up. I mean, he's good. And I encourage him to keep going. Sure. But my, old, my older brother and I really kind of took to it. And uh, he got an electric guitar. And it's that same brother thing. Don't touch my guitar yeah, right. stuff. And, yeah. Kind of like, well, you know, talking about Stevie Ray and his brother. I mean, that, they, they had that sort of a bit of that rivalry, didn't they? Yeah, the older brother, man. Yes. Don't, don't touch my stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, and it's, it's interesting. And, you know, you know, unfortunately, my brother passed a few years ago, uh, and he was a great guitar player, had yeah. his band and albums and such. But uh, we never really played together, mm. and that's sad. Mm-hmm. We, I did a couple solos on one of his projects, and I had a song written for him that I wanted him to play on and it, we just ran out of time. Yeah. And, uh, it's, it's, it's sad, but it was motivational, yeah. you know, and inspirational. You. He'd, he'd play in a town that I'm playing in and we'd, it's like, crap, I got to run over and check out my brother. So I'd get like five minutes to watch him and then I got to run back and hit the stage and mm-hmm. then he'd come over and watch for a few. And so very much, very similar to Stevie Ray and, and, uh, and his older brother in that regard. That's crazy. Yeah, but they're better than us. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, any um, opportunity to augment in any of the stuff your brother did into to one of your projects? You know, how they do you that know, kind I'd, of post? I'd, well, he's got, he's very, um, I don't know what, eclectic. Yeah. I mean, he'll, he'll play straight up rock. He'll play country. He'll play blues. And uh, he, he just had a knack for it. Mm-hmm. And I was, I, honestly, I, I actually listened um, to two of his albums while I was traveling back yeah. from Iowa this week. You know, I have my, my little device. Sure. I was like, oh, I'll give sure. him a listen. And, yeah. and it was with that intention. It's like, is there anything I can steal from him? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, he's, he's gone and he can't say anything. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> uh. and, and he's laughing. He'd, yes. If he was listening, he'd be laughing. Yeah, I love it. Well, he is up there in heaven and in, in guitar yeah. heaven with lots, yep. lots of good ones gone. Well, we ought to, uh, speaking of uh, kind of your brother, and I'm, sounds like a, a pleasant fellow and stuff. So Smile So Sweet seems like a song we ought to cue up and kind of tribute maybe to him.
That is Smile So Sweet. Kevin Kugel Band off his album Circle Back. And uh, go out and buy that, y'all, so uh, Kevin can make some money. <laughs> so he can buy a, something. I don't know what, but a new guitar, maybe. Kevin, what kind of guitars are you playing these days? All different or? Um, well, I, I, I've got about 60 or 70 of them. So <laughs> it, it's just whatever I feel like. I, I, I got to say, though, yeah. and I'm very happy about this. I just got a, a deal, an artist uh, deal with Reverend yeah. Guitar Company. Yeah. And I'm getting, I've got three of them already, but they're sending me one from the deal tomorrow. What's supposed to arrive? Wow! So I'll get the first one from them. It's, they're great guitars, man. Now talk about, you know, that's a, a name I, I've not heard. You know, I mean, you hear Les Paul and Gibson and this and but talk about Reverend. Well, Reverend, like I said, it's a it's a smaller company. I think they're based out of Ohio, okay, Toledo maybe. Yeah, and um, it's one of those things where when I was transitioning out to North Carolina my wife would surprise me with a new guitar every once in a while. Uh, I'd go, wow, that's bribery or whatever. Yeah. Make me stay. <laughs> but Smart woman. But she she bought me a, a, a Reverend Sensei guitar with a Bigsby on it, a Bigsby tremolo. Yeah. It's like, I'd never heard of this. Yeah. And I played it and it's like, wow, this is good. And she must have heard that because then she bought me another one. Mm. And I mean, they just, they're fantastic. And uh, I just mentioned it on a Friday night. I was actually going to get supper and bring it home. And I said, Bear, maybe we should look into this company, mm-hmm. Reverend. And I mentioned, I want a Pete Anderson Telecaster style that they have. Yeah. The Reverends make a Pete Anderson model. Okay. And he goes, well, Pete's a buddy of mine. I'll give him a call. Wow. And then a week later, I get a note that says, You're, we'll, we'll work with you. So wow. I'm, I'm very happy about that. Cool. Great guitars. I just wanted to comment on Smile So Sweet. And I know in, your, in the intro, uh, Billy Gibbons is a, a someone, you know, you, you uh, see as a mentor or look up to, et cetera, musically. And Smile So Sweet had a very much a ZZ Top feel to it. Yeah. And also, uh, and I've said this of the uh, little, I've called them the little old band from Canada. That would be Zedhead. <laughs> but you, um, you, there's a, a connection with John uh, Burkett, the bass player. Talk just a, briefly about that. Um, Kevin. Well, he he and Bear Bear told me he's known him forever. Yeah. You know, basically. Yeah. And uh, roundabout way, apparently, it's John from Zed. Yeah. Was talking to you. Yeah. And he's mentioned Bear, and yeah. you contacted Bear, and Bear yeah. mentioned me. Yeah. <laughs> it's like. Yeah. You know. I love it's, it. It's it's a connected world. <laughs> yes. And absolutely. Nothing, nothing happens by accident. No, absolutely not. So thank you, John and uh, Michael Claire. So we're going to take a short break, and then we're going to come back because we got three songs left off of Circle Back. In the meantime, you all can go to that website and buy the CD, and we'll be right back. The number of premature infants born in the United States each year, 380,000. That's 9.8% of the total births in the U.S. The foundation for Premature Infants' mission is to advocate for the right of all premature infants to be cared for in a developmentally supportive and age-appropriate manner. Our vision is to ensure that Premature Infants' Bill of Rights is the standard of care for all babies born prematurely 24 hours per day, 365 days per year on all shifts in every neonatal intensive care unit throughout the world. Please consider making a donation by visiting us on Facebook, Foundation for Premature Infants, or at our website, foundationforprematureinfants.org. 
you are back on Ride the Vibe. Michael Litton, the last DJ, host of this show and broadcasting from the DRS ATL studio in Roswell, Georgia. Wahid Gomes at the control, cleaning up all my messes, <laughs> which I make routinely, even though I'm just drinking drink mate. You know, sometimes we have a alcoholic beverage here on the show from our friends at Cathead, but today it's just drink mate and I'm still screwing up. But I have to give a shout out. Just as I was coming to the studio today, I got an a envelope in the mail, Beach, uh, Beach Road Foundation, and the Foundation for Premature Infants received its largest single donation ever in the, in the mail today. So that's pretty cool for us. So at any awesome. rate, but uh, we are with Kevin Kugel uh, and having a great conversation talking about your Circle Back CD. And you were just talking a little bit more about the Reverend uh, Guitar Company. So f- finish that up if you would, Kevin. Well, like I said, they're they're great guitars, and um, you, you you get any type of tone you want out of it. They've got this uh, uh, like a tone filter on there. You've got your your like any guitar that has the tone knob and a volume knob, but this one has a filter of some sort. Yeah, you can roll it back, and it it you can dial in like a you can get a Telecaster sound. You can get a a P ninety. All these sounds you can get yeah. on one guitar. You That's know? crazy. And it's 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 just a wonderful thing. And I was in the studio Monday night with Bear, and I used one of their uh, uh, Sensei Juniors, which has a P90 pickup in it. Yeah. And with that filter, and we just it's like I'm just going to keep playing this one and track wow. everything. So a guitar a guitar selection possible for a startup guitarist that's looking for their first guitar. Give them a wide range of sound out of one, right? Yeah, and their price point is good. Yeah. You know, it's a fantastic instrument, yeah. and they're not outrageously expensive. Yeah. You know, I'd recommend them yeah. to start. Well, how, to, how'd they get their, st- what's their start? Are they a guitar company or the start? Are they were doing other instruments or? I got to get more familiar with them if I'm going to talk about them. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll stop right there. Hey, but Reverend Guitar, you know, Ride the Vibe would be uh, interested in having you as a sponsor too. So if you're out there listening. <laughs> Hook us up. Get, get hooked up with us. Well, so I'll let them know. Let them, exactly. And I heard you heard it first from Kevin. So let's uh, <laughs> enough of this chit chat. Let's uh, play a "My Baby Left Me." Cue that up off of Circle Back. My baby left me And I was scared to death She just walked away And left a note on the desk She said she might come back But not to hold my breath I didn't know what to do I didn't know what to say She walked away So I got down on my knees And I began to pray Don't you take my baby Don't you take her away I do whatever she wants I do whatever she says 
great song and that is off the circle back talk a little bit about that song kevin if you would well that one i was listening to um duke robillard oh, a lot yeah love duke and yeah the, for those of you that haven't heard duke please go out and get yourself find and at it. the same time you're uh, buying kevin's album go out and listen to some duke robillard the guy, it just caught my ear. Yeah. And I liked how he used the horns yeah. with the, you know, just the walking bass lines and such. Yes. And that's, and you know, the horns, this is a song that um, I mentioned to Bear when we were in pre-production for this album. I hear horns on this one. I don't know how, why, or what. And that's when he called Cody Lepo the drummer. Yeah. And that's how Cody got brought into it. But anyway, with these horns, my original demo was just a simple chord progression and I'd never played any guitar solos over this throughout since I wrote it in the late nineties or whenever I just had the demo and, uh, we got, uh, got going on it and Cody was in the studio when I was tracking some of the guitars and he goes, you know, you need to try something like a call and response thing. So if you listen close with headphones, you'll hear a guitar track underneath. Mm -hmm. And that's, I gave Cody credit for that because uh, I'd have never played that. But yeah. He just said, try it. And then with the horns, a buddy of mine, Tony Fennell, um, he played in a band called Ultravox mm -hmm. over in Europe for a long time. Mm -hmm. He's in a band called When in Rome. They had some hits okay. at some point. Yeah. And then he, he was in Enough's Enough. And okay. I played... I'd, I met him through my buddy, Tori, who's the lead guitar player in that band. Yeah. And Tony is just an all-around musician. He writes, he plays bass, he plays guitar, he sings like a bird. Mm. And uh, he arranges, he does movie scores, he does everything. And I called him on a business question about this album project. Mm -hmm. And he asked me, so what do you got? Can you send me some stuff? So I sent him this and the last tune that's on the album that we're not going to play today, but yeah. that's cool. Yeah. But I said, man, I'd really like to get some horns on this. Mm -hmm. and, and he goes, I do that. Oh, oh well, yeah. okay. So he, he did the horns for me on this. It's like, this is crazy. I love it. And talk, you know, we touched on a little bit uh, when we were playing this great, that great song, but what, how, so you wrote this stuff 95. So it was a, a sweet spot creatively for you, but then it just sat. And then now you come, you full circle as your circle back, if you will. And you've got so much material. You've got another album coming out. So was it an easy decision, Kevin, to, to go, hey, I'm going to do albums rather than do one-off single kind of stuff or EPs, that sort of thing? Was that an e easier decision for you? Well, I talked to, to Cody about it when we first were going into this. And he said, you know, the world has changed. It's all singles right, again. Right, right. And if you go back, you know, to the 50s and early 60s, Elvis released singles. Right. He didn't have full albums. Right. But I'm an album guy. Yeah. You know, I'm the guy that likes to read the liner yep. notes. I really do. Yeah. And uh, so I made the decision to go ahead and do the full album because yep. that's what I wanted. Yeah. 
And will and when they buy it from your website, they'll get liner notes. They're going to get some little bit of depth, maybe. Um, I didn't have a whole lot of room. Yeah, you know, with the CD jewel case, there's not a whole yeah. lot. Yeah. That I can put on. I mean, you got your obligatory thank yous and yep. things on the back and who played on it. But uh, but then I that's what Ride the Vibe is for. They can listen and exactly. then they'll get, you know, they'll get the backstory from Ride the Vibe. So it's a marriage made in heaven. <laughs> exactly. I but it. yeah, I, I just thought the album's the way to go. Yes. And, you know, Bear has a lot of insight. And I, I, well, Cody actually asked me after we wrapped up in May for the session he came to Iowa for. He and I were in the drum room, and he he goes, so what's your goal with this? Because mm-hmm. I had just met him that day, yeah. you know? And I said, well, my goal is to get this finished, get it released, maybe sell enough copies so I don't lose money, maybe, you know, break <laughs> even. And by, and yeah. I wanted to take November, December, this past year off, mm-hmm. and then start it up in January again. Well, I just started it up in October instead. Wow. I didn't get January and December off yeah. because I, I was on a writing streak again mm. for the next project. And I've got 16 songs. Uh, well, 12 of them are demoed already. Mm. Five of them I just did all the rhythm tracks on Monday. Mm. And then uh, I'm going to Nashville with Cody and Mark uh, next week sometime yeah. to get four more. So I'm going to have 16 songs mm. ready. And uh, then we're going to decide which ones fit the best for this project. Yeah. The next album called Lucky 13. Lucky 13. Yeah. And then um, whatever doesn't make that album, it's, you know, the beginning of the third the album. Third. Which I'd like I love to have. It. Uh, I'd like to have that one done in 2024 also. Mm. I know it's overkill, but. No, you can't. Just... For folks like myself and like you that like, uh, mu- you know, albums and like music, I mean, that's a. a, a Mana from heaven, you know, especially when you're in a groove, you're going, give me more, give me more. I want to, I want the yeah. next release. Well, let's uh, cue up uh, Worried Life Blues. Okay. And then I want to talk a little bit about uh, Lucky 13 when we come back. But Worried Life Blues from Kevin Kugel. Bam. Ain't got a hold of me 
shut that door. That was Worried Life Blues. Uh, talk about that song off a of circle back, Kevin. That's that's a song that um, I did in my basement recording studio on my Tascam 4 track with cassettes. You know, that's where most of this stuff came from. Wow. But I'd been listening to, I think it was um, Jimmy Page and Robert Plant were going to release their Walking to Clarksdale or whatever uh, album. Okay, yeah. So there were, I'm reading a bunch of articles because I'm that guy. I like to read up on stuff. Yeah. And uh, Jimmy Page always used open tunings, and it just freaked me out because I could never learn how to play his stuff. And it's like, well, duh, he's using different tunings. Mm -hmm. So I figured that out. Mm -hmm. And I put the open tuning on, and the opening riff to that song is what came out. Wow. And uh, it was, it was, the vibe was supposed to be kind of like Zeppelin 3. Yeah. Yeah. Some of that acoustic stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we, we tracked the guitar on a 125-year-old guitar that I have. Oh, my gosh. family for a while. 100, 125 years old? Yeah, it was built around late 1890s or early 1900s. Oh, my gosh. There's got, how'd, how'd you get a hold of that? What's the story behind that? It, it's a family thing. Ah. I mean, it's just, and actually it was in my attic for 30 years. And still in <laughs> playable shape? Well, I had to do a little work on right, it. Right, right. Uh, I mean, I, I set the neck better, and it's basically a Martin. Yeah. But not a Martin. Yeah. And maybe it is. I don't know. Yeah. But wow. It sounds great. But anyway, I, I, I op did the open tuning mm -hmm. when I wrote the song, and it was supposed to just be like a Braunweier stomp or whatever, however you pronounce that. Yeah. And uh, I told Bear, I hear... Uh, and this is weird. I tell him what I hear and he does it. Whoa, <laughs> like, that's awesome. But I said it. So he's like I your muse, to, musical muse. Yes, we work well together. I but love that. I told him I, I would like to hear like banjo and uh, maybe a mandolin. Yeah. And he's like, well, maybe a fiddle too. And Cody, drummer, says, well, I got a dude that will play stand-up bass on that. Oh, my gosh. And that's uh, Tim Crouch yeah. who did that. He played the stand-up and the fiddle on that tune. And uh, we got it all done to that point. And then that intro part with the uh, Dobro slider resonator. Yep. Bear said, I hear that. And I said, and there's one hanging on this wall in the studio. And I said, that's great. You hear it, but I don't know how to play it. <laughs> <laughs> and he goes, don't worry. I got a guy. Oh, my God. Bear's got a guy. <laughs> so he called, up, he called up his buddy, Randy Coors. And I think he works with Dolly Parton and everybody else okay. down there. Yeah. But so Randy said, yeah, I'll do it. And uh, drop wow. that resonator on there, and that just changed the vibe of the song. And it's, it's like, I love it because I'm not, I'm not the, the guy that has to play everything. Yeah, I mean, I wrote the song. Let's see where you guys can take can it with go me. With it. Yeah, I, I love, love working with with those guys because they are professionals. Yep, and they bring in so much musical knowledge that it it just I become a better musician just mm -hmm. having them on this album it makes me feel good about it. So it's I I think I've got the answer from what you've just described throughout the conversation, but I'm just going to confirm it. It sounds like you very much are an empty cup when you go into the studio as far as you've got the song written, but you're just totally receptive to input, which I think makes for a great project. I mean, some people, I guess, would go in and they're very dogmatic about how they want and exacting and this and that, but that doesn't sound like it's you at all. No, I mean, there's, I've got, obviously I've got my ideas yes. and I know what I want, 
and and I know what I want and I know how to get it, I guess. And, um, you know, for this next album, I've been doing a lot of the demoing here because I got the same software that Bear has, okay. so I can do a lot of stuff here. Yep. And I have a very good idea where I want that next album to go. Yep. And we talked about that on Monday night when I was with Bear in the studio. Mm-hmm. Because he's like, well, we got these five tracked with the rhythms and now you can work on the solos. I said, I already got them done. Yeah. It's just a matter of getting them recorded again. So on those, I know what I want. But on one of the tunes, he did point me in a different direction. I had a a song that had a ZZ Top feel. Imagine that. Yeah. And uh, (laughs) Smile so uh, sweet. Yeah. But uh, we were doing that and we were looking for a guitar tone. And I was using the Sensei, the Reverend Sensei Jr. with a P90 in it. And we just dialed up an orange amplifier, Mm. you know, and I'd never really used them. Mm. And it just, it was just this ratty Rolling Stones type Mm -hmm. sound. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's, let's track it and see what happens. And it just, that was cool. That was definitely not the tone I started with. Yeah. But when, when he gives me an idea, we run with it. Yeah. And if it works, we just scored. If it doesn't work, I already know what I was going to (laughs) do. You could default back to that. Uh, right, uh, but I'm I'm open it. to suggestions. Yeah, you know, I love it. Well, I want to. Uh, uh, we're almost at the top of the hour. The conversation is flying by. We could certainly do another hour, but I want to hear, uh, cue up. Don't bite the mailman. But then I want to <laughs> okay. talk about uh, the title, Lucky Thirteen, and how you came to that, and and uh, when we think we can expect that. Okay. So don't bite the mailman. Off of Circle Back, Kevin Kugel's debut release. <laughs> Kevin's Circleback debut release. Talk about that song. Well, that song, 
Um, again, in the past life, I used to work for the post office. Yeah, now I'm getting and, the connection. I figured there might be some. <laughs> yeah, in several capacities. At that time, I hadn't gone into the management side of it yet. I was still carrying the mail. Wow. And, uh, you know, you get you get a morning break and an afternoon break and whatever. Yeah. So I was sitting in the back of what they call the LLV, the Long Life Vehicle. Okay. White thing you see driving around. Yeah, yeah. And I had about an hour to go, and I was looking out the window just waiting for my time to go by. And there's a dog across the street. He's <laughs> there every day. Yeah. He's tied to the mailbox. And I'm just like, God, don't bite me today, <laughs> you know. I'm just trying to do my job. Had, had he bitten you, Kevin? Had he? No, he'd, he'd, he'd attempted to. Ah, yeah, and, yeah. You know, but I mean, it's just, you know. And Could you carry stuff so like mace? Could you carry, or were you not allowed? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They, it's issued. Oh, it is. You okay. got to have that yeah, protection. Okay. Yeah. And that's my public service announcement. Don't tie your dog <laughs> to the mailbox and then call in and wonder why you didn't get the mail. <laughs> or why I'm your sorry. dog's yelping. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. my gosh. But anyway, so I saw that dog sitting there and I, he's looking at me and I'm looking at him and he's just waiting for me. And I was like, God, you know, so, you know, I'm just trying to do my job, yeah. dude. <laughs> but that's, and that's where it came from. And I sat in the, I, the vehicle. I love it. And I had a little postal form, a blank form. Yeah. And I, I got to write this idea down before I lose it. And I sat there and wrote the lyrics out just like that. I'll be dead. And uh, I had a, a bass line in my head already, and it just fit right on top of it. Yeah. So as soon as I got off work, went home and recorded it. I'll be darn. Does that, is that how your creative process works? Or do you have certain times when you, have, when you feel more creative? Or is it random like that? It, it can be random. I wrote another song last week, driving down the side of a mountain mm. about my hometown. Yeah. Yeah. And it just, it, it's funny. Yeah. I, 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 I'll go to the grocery store and something will hit in my head and I'll come back home um, and write a song. And have you always been that way since you were, you know, young? Um, I tried to be. Yeah. But I was not successful. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the maturity part. You yeah. Know, I, right. I get it now. Right. I, I understand what I want. Yeah. Wow. Well, talk about, uh, Lucky 13 and the title for that. And then uh, when we could kind of expect or when the audience can expect that. Well, lucky, lucky 13, 13's always been my number. Okay. Yeah. You know, I, and I don't know why or how that, you know, the year I was born is a, a divisible by 13. Okay. Not many numbers are. Yeah. Um, just, just weird things. And I have a digital clock that projects onto the ceiling in the night. Okay. And I'm telling you, every time I wake up and look at that thing, all the numbers add up to 13. Oh, it's just, it's crazy. So, okay. So it resonates it is, with you. And you're yes, thinking maybe sometime this year. Yeah. Like I said, we were in the studio Monday and got some tracking done. Yep. Next week, I'm in Nashville to do four more yeah. drum and bass tracks. And uh, I, I'd like to say June. Yeah. But in reality, it might be June. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And they can go to your website, which is? KevinKugelBand.com. B-A-N-D.com. And buy it there and yes. uh, find out all things about where you will be. Any uh, dates you want to share with the group now that may, may be? Well, right, right now, we don't have anything scheduled okay. to play out. Yeah. I'm, I'm looking for some serious musicians right now. Yeah. So if you know anybody, send them my way. Perfect. But okay. uh, the goal was to get definitely the first two albums yes. done. 
before I start focusing on playing Too out. Right. I, yeah. I want to have, you know, you know, the first album's maybe 42, 43 minutes. Yep. The next one's going to be about 44. Yep. Kind of old school album yeah. rock. Love it. That gives me 90 minutes yeah. of material. I can do an opening show or I can do a headline show yep. and play just my stuff. Yeah. You know? I love and it. And that's... I do too because you, you you don't get that enough. I, no, I've done no, no. done some shows with there's and there's nothing wrong with doing covers if you do them good. Yeah, but if you're if you're marketing yourself as a band or as a, a solo artist, play your material. Yeah, amen to that. You know? that, that amen. You're preaching to the choir. Well, we are almost out of time. This has just flown by, and it's a great album. Circle back, and I I I'll just throw this question out to you. You can take it uh, if you want, but. If you could put together the ultimate three-piece band, anyone living or dead, who would you include in that band? Just sort of as a parting thought here. Well, okay, I'm going to give you a short answer. Yeah. And then maybe just a little expanded. The yeah. short answer is it's already been done. Ah, okay. ZZ Top. Yeah, okay. Damn, that's that's the ultimate for me. Okay. But if I could... Above, I could above put, even cream? Above cream? You know, I I'm a little... Younger than that. Okay, gotcha. Not much. Yeah. yeah. I mean, ZZ Top struck me before Cream. Yeah, okay. But yep. I respect that too. Great yep. band. Yep. But if I had to if I had to put something together, yeah. I, I guess I would go with, I mean, okay, it'd either be Billy Gibbons, yeah. Stevie Ray, yeah. or Ted Nugent uh, on guitar. Ah, uh, interesting. Bass player. Um, those are tough because... There's so many good ones that you don't even know about. Yeah. Would it be John like, Burkett? Hey, there you go. Or John and Twistle. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd go with John and Twistle and then uh, uh, Bonham. Bonham on, the drums. on drums. Yeah. yeah. Wow. I love it. Well, we can't, we hope you're going to get, uh, get over to the uh, Atlanta area and uh, we'd love to come out yes. and see you play or if you're up in the North Georgia mountains area. And, uh, John John Burkett is uh, talking about a trip down to the North Georgia Mountains. So when that happens, see if we get get the three of us together. Four, we'll get Waheed to come and join us. It's Love just been a delight, Kevin, and uh, thoroughly enjoy the music. Cool, and I appreciate it. And it you know it means a lot to an artist like this to have somebody that supports it, gets it out there in the public ear, and and promotes it. And you know I I, I can't tell you how much I thank you for that. Well, God bless you, man. That's that's what it's all about. Music is life. Agreed. Cool. Well, we are out of here. Michael Litton, the last DJ host to ride the vibe, broadcasting from the DRS ATL studio in Roswell, GA. Thanks to Wyoming.